0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako and I'm here with Anthony and we are discussing episode five of The Stand. And, you know, I've been spending this evening editing the previous episode where we discussed episodes three and four. And there were some things that we talked about in that show that completely fell flat in this episode and I just feel some kind of way about it
1: what do you mean by feel flat
0: so in the show that we did for episodes three and four we were talking about some of the events that happened and we talked about some of the characters and one of the characters that we brought up was Dana our introduction to her and how you know she was a badass in this in that episode and you know how they sent her to New Vegas is what they're calling it, but they sent her to New Vegas to be one of the spies because, you know, she's such a badass. She can handle herself. And I have to say, I was so, so very disappointed with her character in this episode. It was. Now, the thing is, I like the actress. I liked her when she was in Boulder. But when she got to New Vegas, almost from the beginning just the way that they talk about her character like from the beginning the first scene of the episode we get J- julie and dana and lloyd and of course julie is the little cowgirl that we met in the last episode who first encounters nick and tom before they leave to go to boulder and she obviously ends up in vegas which we figured anyway Yeah,
1: right the hot hussy.
0: Right. So she comes down to find Dana where Dana has already, uh, she's already made it to Vegas. She's already been put on a work crew and she goes to find her, you know, to ask her, she's like, so word around town is you've been asking a lot of questions about flag, you know, about the big man and blah, blah, blah. And you, you, you know, you, you've been making a, uh, you know, making some noise and people, people are saying you're being nosy or whatever. Immediately I'm like, Dana is supposed to be smarter than this. This is one of the reasons why they sent her. She's not supposed to draw attention to herself. And like, literally, that was one of the things that they mentioned about her throughout the whole episode, about how she's asking a lot of questions. And even when she meets Lloyd for the uh, for the first time, and they're taking her up to their, you know, their penthouse she's still asking questions so when when am i gonna meet him and da, da da and i was just like i was literally holding my head in my hands this whole episode because i was like one you are not subtle in the least right two you have the worst control of facial expressions i have ever seen on a character ever
1: Luckily, they're not really good at reading people's expressions. Like They were halfway paying attention to her.
0: (laughs) And I get that. But still, it's like she didn't even try. It's like she looked scared. She looked nervous. She looked afraid of being found out. Like I said, she was too eager. She kept asking questions. She seemed uncomfortable the whole time. It just I had so many hopes for her character when we were introduced to her and like from the beginning of this episode all the way to the very end I was just disappointed. I was just like really this is what y'all did with a character it, who her was character wasn't
1: wasn't that different f- well she was a little different in the books, right? In the books.
0: In the books, she like she was she, she basically well one the pretty much she had been there.
1: Yeah. For she had been there longer. for a little
0: bit longer. She had actually um worked her way up to being Lloyd's girlfriend, the, the mm-hmm. part that Julie is playing now. But she had worked her way up to being Lloyd's girlfriend and literally had him fooled, had them all fooled for a long time, and then right. I think Flag kind of Found it out and told Lloyd, and then that was. How she was
1: she, she was out. sleeping with Lloyd in the book. She was, yeah, yeah she, she was, sleep, she she was, was sleeping her way to the top, right?
0: Right, and um, you know, and she did it to the point where he was really pissed off because she fooled him. Like he yeah. really thought she was into him. Yeah. So the way that they did it with this character again. I know that there are some changes. Like I said, you know, Julie was Lloyd's girl, and then they did this whole thing where they were bringing her in, in for a threesome, and then you know the the vibe of New Vegas was very um, almost hedonistic kind of not, like, not
1: almost, not almost. <laughs> well okay. it was, yes it was sodom englemore well, I mean, yes
0: it was... but you know what one of the things about hedonism is it's supposed to be like ultimate pleasure without pain and there was some pain in that because you had the fighting pits where they were literally hacking each other to death so that's why i say almost but yes like vegas randall flaggs vegas is the epitome of sex drugs and rock and roll you know, you,
1: you know what I thought of? I thought this is basically um Lloyd's wet dream because it seemed like everything was what Lloyd would want mm-hmm. <laughs> in a place. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that that seemed to be something that would be like this this is this was his vision of how everything should be. Right. You know, and you know, um Randall just told him knock yourself out. Right. Now I, I was not one of the things, I know you're talking about her character, I'm very disappointed in Lloyd's character. Like, Miguel, Miguel, Ferrer, Miguel Ferrer would be, like, rolling over in his grave as in, like, what did you guys do with this character? Like...
0: Well, he's one, he's younger. He's a younger version of the character. And, I mean, I'm, all of them, I mean, think about it. In the original and in the books, again, we're talking about uh, we're talking about stories that are about thirty years apart. So, 40. If you're, excuse <laughs> me, forty years apart. I keep forgetting because I was seventeen when I started reading it. So, yeah. but you know, you're talking about a book that takes place in like the '80s. So, it was a little more toned down as far as that. Like Randall Flagg was. He was, the, he was the boogeyman. He was the guy who was getting them out of situations. And, you know, there was a little bit of a hierarchy in the original version, but it wasn't what it is. Now, you know, it kind of hinted at like the Vegas vibe or the sexual vibe, but it wasn't anything so blatant as this iteration is.
1: I, 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 I don't mind that as much. It does that that i'm totally okay with i'm just not okay with lloyd being a clown he was literally <laughs> a clown and and there's a way i i would think there's a way that you could could modernize lloyd in a way where he's not a clown you know
0: well let's let's see so Lloyd is in a position where he is Flag's right hand man. So he's got the position and he's now got the ego to go along with it. And you know, he's he's kind of drunk off of power.
1: I know, and but a lot I of think, people I who are drunk
0: it, off power, they act like clowns.
1: It were well, absolute power cribs, absolutely, which is a <laughs> common theme in this show. But <laughs> we talk about it in All every the episode time. of every series. But I, I it's probably more or less my own fault because I had I had kind of put Lloyd in a category of people who were put in positions where they had no choice to to choose to be with Randall Flagg. Mm-hmm. And that maybe in him was a good person. Mm-hmm. Since you know he, he didn't want to kill anyone in the robbery. He was upset when someone actually died. But I understand he would be into fame. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I thought I was thinking there was a way they could have done the portrayal without him coming off as a clown. Like I said, it's probably him to have
0: a little more dignity.
1: Just just a little bit more. Like you can still have the fun and be a fun living guy, but not be like just he just seemed to be just a complete filthy, nasty Animal who deserves whatever he gets, right? You know, snorting coke and I,
0: they I, I rendered get, impotent at the at the mention at the mention of, of
1: Randall. <laughs>
0: this uh,
1: and you can't tell me that Julie doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, she you she can't does. She totally does. She's doing she doing it on purpose. She's doing it on purpose. Doing it on not, purpose. And she was she like, because he
0: left, her. she was like throwing up her finger, like, "Oh, baby, are you okay?" And you know. I said this the last episode. I said I absolutely love Cat McNamara as Julie Lowry. And you know when we were introduced to her in the last episode. Mm -hmm. In this episode, I have to say I think Julie Lowry might be one of my favorite characters of hers ever. Now, like she,
1: no no one can pull off a dignified skank as well as she. Oh
0: my gosh, she is doing (laughs) such a great job of it, and it is amazing. I'm loving it absolutely loving it and then her wardrobe you know she is like all glammed out and she is living it up and she's like okay if I have to suck up to the right hand man to to get this glitz and glamour I'm gonna do it but I don't have to necessarily like it so it's like she's sucking up to him and at the same time bringing him down like like when they were there on the bed, they were trying to make out with Dana and they're kissing and stuff, and she says something about Flag, and he's like, You know, I don't like it when you say his name when we're about to walk. And she's tell she turns to Dana and she's like, Oh, I forgot he doesn't like it when I say Mr. Flag's name. And she literally turns and says it in his face like several times, and he's just he can't get it up now. And he goes to the bathroom and he's embarrassed. And she is like silently cracking up because this is so funny to her. She's what's like, funny okay, is, well, this is not going to happen. We can go shopping.
1: No, what's funny I is just, he says, he says, I've told you this like five times. And I'm thinking to myself, Multiply that times four. So he's probably (laughs) he he probably told her around twenty times. Right.
0: (laughs) But I am absolutely okay. So I talked about how much I didn't like the way they did Dana's character in this. Julie's character, I'm absolutely loving, absolutely love her.
1: You 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 mentioned (laughs) you mentioned Julie's wardrobe. Dana's wardrobe was just as good. Now,
0: Dana's wardrobe was good too. <laughs> that that last outfit she had on the glittery pants, the so glittery like, pants suit. <laughs> no, like they were dressed to the nines in New Vegas, and
1: they were, and 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 even even Lloyd's suit that he had on at the fight was pretty fly. He was he was dressed to the good look- too.
0: They were all looking good, but it was it was just. Again, characters, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes the stand the story that it is. And I just felt like they, I just felt like they, yeah, but, but then the Dana
1: thing, loved. yeah, but then the Dana thing was, was a little and strange I and odd.
0: I could have gotten over a little bit of it, except for her facial expressions. Her facial expressions took me out of the whole story, like, because. It was such a distraction. I was like, why are you looking so obviously uncomfortable? Like you're supposed to be undercover. You're supposed to be blending in. You're not supposed to be making yourself stand out. You know? And it's just like, it just, it, it took me out of the story.
1: Yeah. It was a little odd because it was a complete opposite in the book. In the book, she didn't stand out and flag was the one that sent for her, Mm -hmm. you know? So that it, I wonder if it was just, just a change because, because they, I don't want to say that they, they don't, they're trying, it seems like they're writing the story really for people who haven't read the book Mm -hmm. because that change ever so subtle, just if you read the book, it would just make you think, what, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. with dana you know what i mean like that's not how she was supposed to be you know she she didn't stand out and i don't know i i don't know if they want because i'm trying how am I, how am i supposed to say this like you remember i think i said how do they not how does flag not know they're coming you mm-hmm. know that would be the question you would have watching this but if you right. read the book he knew they were coming he knew right. they were there he knew they were and here it's almost as if they're like, well, we're gonna kind of make it look like he doesn't know, but we in reality know he does know, right? Who and, who who the spies are? And, and,
0: that's and the other thing I had—they were be-
1: trying, yeah, they were trying to. I don't want to use the word subvert our expectations again, right. but they kind of wanted to have it where what made her stand out was her asking questions, as opposed to him already knowing. Yeah, you know I mean to to build up to the climax of the episode mm-hmm. you know when she go when she finally meets him because then he's like aha i knew all along right. you know What i mean as opposed to we already know he knew right. you know What i mean this is like this is trying to mess with our expectations but you did it in a way where you took away everything that we kind of liked about dana you just kind of whitewashed it all away and it made it irrelevant
0: right the other thing since you since you mentioned um about him knowing who the spies were. So the other thing that I did not like was of course, once she goes, once Flag calls for her and they push her out the elevator, basically at this point, you know, Flag pretty much has figured out, which we saw he pro- he he kind of sort of looked at her when they were um there watching the fight. You know, he was making a speech to everyone and his face kind of singled her out he Uh,
1: looked at her and was still talking
0: right right so Mm -hmm. we know that was only her seeing it like Mm -hmm. she was saying that he saw her so she goes up to his penthouse and he asks her about the spies he tells her that he knows that she's a spy he's not he's been watching her ever since she left Boulder. okay which that made sense because this is randall flag he's supposed to be all knowing and one of the things about him is that he couldn't see what was going on in Boulder. So of course he would see them once they come out. This is what I didn't like. So she sees Tom Cullen down in the pits. He's one of the people that cleans up the body parts and the dead bodies after they do this little hacking fight that they, you know, that they do the fighting ring. And she makes an excuse to go down into the pits to talk to him because she wants to warn him about leaving this bugged me so much because one of the main things about the story the original story is that the spies could not know who they who each other were Mm -hmm. because randall Flagg can read minds so Mm -hmm. all he has to do is just look and see what you're thinking about or look, you know, look for the answers that he wants and he'd be able to get it. That was one of the big things about sending them separately and them not knowing who the other person was.
1: Yeah. And that seemed like a, a failure on her, her part to kind of single him out for something. Right. You know what I mean, and, and like you said that, I don't, I don't know I don't understand why they wrote that in there. I don't understand why that was part of the story. And why because, she would give
0: him a note. Like why well they made her give him a note and he can't read. And I understand that she might not know that he She can't
1: doesn't. Read. She doesn't she doesn't know him really. She has seen him, but she doesn't know him.
0: But again, this is this is the part where I say that was a change to the original story. That mm. you
1: didn't have to make. You didn't have to make. Story. And it's and even time. in the context, even in the context of this story, it's not even important. It's not even, it's not even relevant. Like, what have we gained by her going to him? We, as the people watching, as the viewers, we know who he is. Mm-hmm. We know that he's there. You've already shown us that he's there. So, what was the purpose of that whole scene, other than to?
0: to let us know that now uh, Julie and Lloyd have seen the last person that she was talking to. So if Red right. Flag starts making inquiries, well, I need to know who the third spy is. They'll be like, oh, well, she was talking to this dude and she was making it very, you know, she was being very adamant. Very
1: weird, right.
0: It was, again, so out of character for who Dana was supposed to be.
1: Yeah, and from the, from the... That seems like something really stupid to have to write into the show mm-hmm. to to set this up for Randall trying to figure out figure out who the third spy is. It's just, right. I don't know. You would think they could do better. Right. They really could do better without making Dana's character appear even worse than she is.
2: Right. And We've it- seen
1: her in a pressure situation make really good decisions you know we've seen her in a life or death situation making good decisions so all the decisions she made in this since she went to vegas seem to be dubious oh, at best dumb yeah, dumb <laughs> dubious at best right dumb at the worst you and know? then the other the, the, the
0: last thing with dana is when she she thinks that she's killed Randall Flagg, you know, she takes some scissors and she jams it into his neck. He per, he pretends like he's dead and then he gets up and he's still asking her, who's the third spy? Who's the third spy? That doesn't fit with what we're supposed to know about Flagg because Flag wouldn't need to ask her. He could have tried to read her mind. And then the way that they set this up with her going to meet Tom, he would have seen that. So none of that made sense. From a story point of view, it just didn't flow right.
1: Well, let's give them the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> I'm giving the auntie an stare from Hanukkah. You are the
0: main one. Always talking about we are giving the writers too much credit, and now you want to give them some credit.
1: Let's give them a... Let's... let's, <laughs> let's let's try let's try this let's just say let's say he can read minds but Dana doesn't know Tom's name
0: she wouldn't have to know his name all he would have to do is see his face
1: well all he's seeing if he read her mind all he would see was she was asking asking for a bracelet that she lost
0: and then he would see Tom's response and how he is and Everybody calling him dummy. All he has all he would have to do literally is go ask, okay, where are the dummies?
1: Well, but but I mean, if 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 think about this, if she, if she did talk to him, if if he did assume that, that may may have been a spot, maybe he tried to read his mind, and you know, Tom's brain isn't gonna be just it's gonna be a mess anyway. So let, let's say. Let's this, just this say the writers are just saying Tom, Tom Cullen is so dumb that Randall reads his mind and doesn't realize he's the spy. So that's why he's stumped. He's stumped because he can't figure it out because he can't really read Tom Cullen's mind. And when he tries to read his mind, his mind is a mess. So he doesn't dig any deep. He can't possibly be the spy. He, he's already assumed that they're all smart because he's like, Oh yeah, you got the old lady outside the town and you know, yeah, y'all had a staggered entry, right mm-hmm. So he's read everyone that she's come into contact with. So he probably is like, well, maybe they haven't spoken to each other and don't know who each other you know have have actually talked to each other since since they've been there, then he would just be like, okay, well, it can't it's not this guy because he's an idiot. That's how overconfident Randall Flagg is. That's how cocky he is. He's like, he just glanced at Tom's mind, nah, no possible way, and moved on to the next. That's why he's stumped. He, it doesn't make any sense to him. And they're not going to figure it out because there's no possible way they would have sent someone as dumb as Tom Cullen to, to spy
0: on them. And let me just let me just make it clear we're not calling Tom Cullen dumb.
1: We're we no 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 we're we're, of- we're not calling him dumb. We're calling we're saying what the people yeah. in context think of him.
0: Yeah, I just wanted that's, to
1: that's that's something completely different. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad you made that clear. I don't think Tom Cullen is dumb. That that's that's not even what okay. we're talking about. It's it's how he's perceived by the sleazy bastards who are running las vegas yeah,
0: where that lady at the front desk when he was checking in i exactly. was to reach through the tv and punch her between her teeth
1: well hey it's so bad the guard was like wait is the guards both of them were like wait a second we don't treat anyone who just come in here their free will like that no matter who they are you know what i mean yeah. i give them credit for that because yeah. they showed sure enough put her in her place and told her, no, 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 we're just not going to throw him in a slave pen, because you don't like him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I would give them credit for that.
0: Yeah. But, but
1: you know, because that they basically saying, no, 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 you, you can't just, no, we, we're just not going to treat people any kind of way that come here. So, I'm okay. I, that, that was, like, the one bright spot <laughs> in the whole episode right. when... These two random security people are like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do with him. Anyone who comes here with their free will gets treated with respect.
0: They're, they're, they're considered a citizen. That's right. What
1: they and, and I'm okay with that. But we are not calling Tom Cullen done. That, that is the perspective of the people who don't know any better. Yeah.
0: Okay, I just have one more thing to say about Vegas and then we can go back to Boulder. Because, I mean, really, Vegas, this episode was Dana, Lloyd, and Julie for the most part. Yeah. But um, we're seeing more and more of Randall Flagg and Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg is like I probably the best casting decision they did for this show. <laughs> I think he's perfect.
1: I keep thinking of all the times when he was playing Eric in True Blood. Right. Where he went from soft, sweet, and carrying Eric to I'm going to rip your head off.
0: Exactly.
1: Eric. And he was doing it. And I'm like, wow, that this guy is he's incredible.
0: Incredible. And I mean, he he has that kind of charisma. That you think of with Randall Flagg, like yes, Randall Flagg is supposed to be terrifying. You know, again, he's the boogeyman, he's the dark man, he's the walking dude. He's supposed to be all of these terrifying things, but he has to be charismatic too because you can't be terrifying and bring people over to your side willingly, and and they're happy to be there. No, you have to be a charismatic person, and he exudes that in -hmm. this character but then when when he gets dark he gets dark like there's nothing in in the original miniseries Randall Flagg to me was more comical and I don't mean that in a good way it was like very cheesy Mm -hmm. you know I mean it was okay by early 90s standards but when you go back and you look at the series, that's one of the things about the series. I'm like, oh, if I could just take, you know, certain things out of the original miniseries and change it. That's like one of the main things because that Randall Flag was not scary to me. He was cheesy, mm-hmm. was corny.
1: He was more comical.
0: More comical. Mm-hmm. This version of Randall Flag, he has some humor, but mm-hmm it comes with that charisma it comes with that like deadpan humor and he's kind of he's kind of sarcastic and he's kind of a smart ass but again he's very um he's very approachable at the beginning Mm -hmm. and he draws people to him and then it gets to the point where he reaches like with with his people kind of like messiah status but one of the best parts of the casting of the show
1: yeah yeah because he's like that in that um that cable series big little lies he's an abusive husband and he does that where he's really sweet and nice and then he has this darkness to him that just comes out you know in a second he's really good at that
0: yeah yeah all right let's go to the boulder free zone so we're gonna we're gonna start from the end of last episode. So the end of last episode, we saw Harold and Nadine they were finding explosives to kind of put their plan together for murdering the Boulder Five and Mother Abigail per Randall Flags orders, and they get caught by Teddy, who is Harold's friend, and Nadine shoots him and and he dies. So we pick up in this episode with. Nadine and Harold and they are basically taking off their clothes because I you know there's blood on the clothes and they've they've done something with Teddy's body. And Harold is you know uh, freaking out a little bit and Nadine's trying to calm him and keep him together and what we find out is that they have taken Teddy's body to the amphitheater and set him up in a chair and made it look like a suicide. Now I don't know about (laughs) y'all, but one, they made him look like a suicide when Nadine shot him in the chest. Two, they moved his body into the chair at the amphitheater to make it look like he committed suicide. There's no blood splatter. There's no, you know, it's just, it was one of those things where I was- There's,
1: There's no CSI there. There's, there's no crime there's
0: scene some i mean larry larry thought about it he was like
1: oh larry's not feeling this whole you so, like, can tell that he's dubious of the whole thing
0: he's dubious about the whole thing but he's, he's like something about, about this doesn't seem right and then so what happens is they Stu sends someone out to look for harold and of course they find harold and he breaks the news to harold about or you know well somebody else broke the news he's there to confirm that teddy is dead and harold has he has a good reaction at first you know he's kind of shaking he's upset he turns and he looks like he's about to cry and then he says oh he took the cowards way out and then immediately goes into the well, you know what? He was talking about building a, a movie theater with all the movies we found in the homes. Maybe I can do that now. Like, uh, and Larry's uh, looking at him like
1: Yeah. Okay. Be- before that, though, he looked like he turned and tried to summon tears. And the tears were not coming. So he decided, okay, this is not gonna work. So let me go the other way. <laughs> you know. But you can see that Larry was just like, yeah. What is you can tell Larry? Larry wasn't feeling it. Larry like this, this, is something about this ain't right. Right. He 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 can't he doesn't seem to be like really upset, but at the same time, he doesn't seem to care either.
0: I think well, I will say this. Looking at it from an outsider's point of view, like if I didn't already know what was going on, I would probably look at Harold's reaction as, well, one, everybody already knows he's kind of sort of, he's kind of sort of an introvert and not very socially adept.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would kind of look at it as maybe he's processing it and he's processing it differently than other people would process it. I would probably look at it as he's in shock because sometimes when people, you know, when people deal with that, they don't know how to react. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, there,
1: there, there is a range of expected reactions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It seems as though Larry is, is looking at him like he's not showing in that range of reactions as in, as in we expect you to to be either upset, to be, even if you're a person who is somewhat aloof like Harold is, they're still going to react a certain way. But Harold's reaction is so against whatever should be on that range that instinctively, Larry's like, because, you know, Larry's good at reading people. Mm-hmm. He instinctively was like, the look in his face is like, I don't know about this cat. But <laughs> sp- <laughs> you
0: know? I feel like when he like, S- really still
1: would really be still would be on that end of Stu would be like okay well harold harold is a little bit different so he's gonna take a little bit differently that was his friend larry's like yeah that was his friend but his reaction ain't on the spectrum of expected reactions
0: let's see when he first reacted when when he first talked to stew i felt like he had an appropriate reaction and then it, I think it was when he turned around and then turned back and immediately went into the movie theater thing. That was the thing that would have set that would have been like, okay, something's not right about him.
1: Yeah, because it looked like he was gonna cry, and he couldn't pull up the tears, so he went to Plan B. I
0: think he, I think he had the tears at the beginning. No, I, I think he. No. Then he turned no, around no. almost no. like he, he wanted to do more. He
1: started out. I agree with you. He started out like he was going... He looked like he was going to be sad and upset. Mm-hmm. And he turned around to close the deal and the tears didn't come.
0: Right.
1: And, <laughs> and he was like...
0: Into Harold mode, which yeah. was very detached.
1: Very- you know, yeah, whatever. you know? He
0: was like, hey, because, yeah, so he was talking about opening a movie theater. Maybe I can do that.
1: Yeah, because okay, yeah. his, oh, his natural okay. reaction was with Nadine when they were changing clothes. Mm-hmm. He was... That would have been if he had acted that way, they would have Larry would have accepted that because that's how he truly feels, right? A little weird, a little concerned, you know, and like, what does this really mean? And you know, I'm kind of upset about it, but I don't really kind of know how I should really feel about it, right?
2: You no,
1: know, because it's my fault. But then he didn't want to show that he did, it seemed like he was overthinking the situation, and I think Larry picked up on that but i agree with you he started out like looking like okay i guess yeah this this was my friend and i'm upset because he was like that was we know that was your friend you y'all were really close but then he turned around and it's like he was thinking about okay i guess i should cry okay that's not working <laughs> 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 and he turns around oh yeah you know he was gonna have because it's because that was when it seemed like he was formulating an idea and I think the idea is related to the bomb, you know if you've, yes. in 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 his memory, I'm going to show a movie in the amphitheater and blow everybody up. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that's why he went into that mode of like, oh, I have an idea because you know he is who he is, yeah, yeah,
0: but um so later on he he confronts Nadine about shooting Teddy he was like you didn't have to kill him he was like I was his friend I could have t- you know I could have talked to him I could have you know I don't know if he thought he might be able to make him understand or if he was just you know would have found a way to deflect but he was like I could have handled this I could have handled this And he's upset and at first Nadine seems not necessarily condescending to him, but she's basically like, look, we're here for a purpose. We have to do what he tells us to do. And that that's it. That was going to get in the way. And he goes to grab her around her neck and she uses that to kind of, you know, do her little seduction thing, to, you know, sweet talk him. This is what we're supposed to do and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then we're going to go to him And, you know, she, you know, gives him a hand job or whatever. And then as they're getting ready to leave, here comes Franny to find him. Like someone's told her, told her that Harold was at the school. So Nadine hides while she talks to um, Harold and she's being like really overly friendly with him You know, she's inviting him to dinner, and she's like, "Yeah, I I saw, I heard about Teddy. I'm so sorry. Why don't you come to dinner?" And it's just like really awkward. Like at even at one point, they were standing so close together, it looked like they were about to kiss. I was like, "What is going on in this scene? It's just weird, you know." But then immediately after that, she goes to Larry's house, and she's basically like, "Hey." We invited Harold to dinner for tomorrow night and I need you to go snoop in his house while he's at my house. What? And she's right. like, yeah. yeah. Like
1: the worst the worst idea of all ideas.
0: Right. But then when she said she had, she was like, you know, I'm I'm just kind of worried. I feel like Harold's gonna do something. He's she was like, I know it sounds ridiculous. And he was like, Nope, it doesn't. I've been thinking the same thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I felt something when I first met him and then Joe. And I was like, Oh yeah. So at this point, you kind of wonder, is this all of them really being smart and piecing this all together, or if, you know, the powers that control Mother Abigail, or if God is kind of planting those ideas in their heads and making them, because other than that, you really, okay, I was going to say this.
1: Well, I think, I know, I I think I knew where you were going to go, but (laughs) I think, I think, I think the these group of this group of people were chosen for a particular reason or mm-hmm. for different reasons, mostly is because of their instincts. you know Stu has good instincts he's good with people. Larry has good instincts he's good at reading people um same thing with um Nick Nick has that ability to kind of see people for who they really are. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is sort of like this common thread. I don't think, because a lot of, I'm I'm trying not to get off way off base here, but a lot of what most of us tend to understand about the Christian God is that he has given us free will. Like, not since the old testament you know he he doesn't give us visions he doesn't kind of tell us what to do he kind of gives us the choices he gives us the options and these people all have choices they all have options and it's up to them to make the choice in in what they do like Larry gets presented with choices and he chooses you know what he wants to do Mm -hmm. same thing with um um, what's her name? She didn't have to go tell Larry to break into Harold's house, but that's what she chose to do. And even when, you know, you, you haven't gotten to that yet, but when Mother Abigail goes off on Nick about the spies, that was a choice that they made, and they have to deal with the consequences. Right. That's what all of this is about. These people are making choices, and they have to deal with the consequences. So I don't think it's as much as God giving giving her No knowledge or giving her a vision about something. It's just that she's choosing to follow her instinct, and same thing with Larry. There's something not right with Harold right now, and they they have this desire to figure out what it is, and they're making choices towards that end. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It does. Yeah. But while we're on that subject, so I'm going to talk about my other, my second character gripe for this episode, (laughs) Franny. Franny
1: how did I girl?
0: so let's talk about and this is another recurring theme in our podcast let's talk about not being able to read the room with Miss Fran Goldsmith so Franny goes to invite Harold over for dinner She's being exceedingly friendly. He comes over for dinner the next night. She's dressed up. She's laid out, you know, nice dishes. She's being overly friendly, overly chatty. She gives Harold a hug when he gets there. First of all, that's anybody's first clue that something suspicious is going on because she has not hugged Harold ever
1: ever in the course of the show not ever
0: okay second you've spent most of the first four episodes being such a bitch to him
1: C- correction correction back before they left the hometown when they were talking in the house she did lay her head on him
0: okay one moment
1: she did seek comfort
0: that but tried to comfort him one head nod does not a friend make (laughs) so then they're doing all of this talking and they're doing all of this chattering and he's talking you know harold's just running off at the mouth doing this thing again if you can't tell that harold is being fake something is wrong I think Stu is just giving him, you know, the benefit of the doubt because Stu is oblivious to Franny's plan. So he doesn't know that Larry is searching Harold's house while Harold is at theirs.
1: So- and and also Stu is giving him the benefit of the doubt because he just lost his best friend. Right. So Stu's taking the position that we're doing this to kind of help comfort him mm-hmm. and let him reassure him and let him know that we're there for him if we need if he needs us.
0: Right. So then but
1: he doesn't know what Fran is doing.
0: Right, and then here's where Fran really messes up because, first of all, she's kind of sort of zoning in and out of this conversation. So you see parts of the conversation where Harold is talking and she seems really engaged, overly engaged. Again, she's not good at faking. She's being like overly everything at this point. And then other parts of the conversation, she's kind of zoned out. She's kind of like, you can look and see that something else is on her mind or that she's not into the conversation. So Harold starts telling this story about when he was eight or nine years old and his sister, Amy and Fran, they take him to the carnival. And, you know, he's telling them about, he's telling Stu about them playing games and about this ice cream thing. He's like, yeah, we went to go get ice cream. And this guy is looking at me, you know, kind of weird. And then Fran walks in, you know, he sees that face and he ends up giving her three ice creams and one of them had chocolate on it and she gives me the chocolate. And he looks at her and he's like, right? You remember that story? You remember? She was like, well, I guess I just felt bad because, you know, he gave us the ice creams for free. And Harold was like, yeah, but you know what? That didn't happen because I wasn't there. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oops. And Stu's just still looking like he doesn't understand. And she was like, what? He was like, I wasn't there. That didn't happen. And she was like, yes, it did. He said, no. He said, you never took me anywhere. You never invited me to go anywhere. He was like, my sister came home and told me that story. He was like, you know, and then he goes into this little thing. Like, literally at this point, Fran should be able to read the room. Harold's voice is almost hostile at this point. He's like, yeah, I just sat here and told a big fat ass lie about you being nice to me. And you didn't even like, you didn't even catch it that it wasn't true. You know, and then he starts talking about his sister and how everybody loved Amy. He was like, you know, I'm kind of glad my parents went with her because they wouldn't have been able to uh, survive without her. And instead of hearing the bitterness in his voice about being the odd child out. Francis, I miss her so much. Are you stupid? Do you not hear the hostility in his voice when he talks about his sister? And then he just called you out for lying. And then you take that whole conversation and everything that he just said about how his parents made him feel and how his sister made him feel And you make it about her. I was like, I was like, you know what, Harold, just go ahead and blow the house up now. Just like, so, her character is supposed to be smarter than that.
1: If, if I may not be remembering this, but I I thought that was a story that that her sister was telling people that was it wasn't true but she was telling people that story to make fran look good and
0: I I, no, i think the the story was this happened with amy and fran when they went to the carnival she fran was able to get like the free ice creams or whatever but harold wasn't there with them okay. Amy told him the story about what happened at the carnival
1: Okay, but I thought Amy was going around telling people that the story, but she was lying about Harold being there,
2: Mm-mm.
0: and
1: that the story had been told so many times that it had sort of become true. I don't, I don't
0: remember. Maybe don't remember that, remember that? Okay. maybe that happened in the book of or the original, but that's not the way it was being. Told. Yeah,
1: that's not the way it was being told this time. And that's the only reason why I brought it up was, if if I'm remembering that correctly either from the book of this miniseries that or the original miniseries, that's another change that, that, that I guess that change wouldn't be so bad because then it just shows how Fran wasn't really paying attention to. And see, I don't
0: on. think that would have been in the original miniseries because the way it was in the original miniseries, like Fran was never mean to Harold. Like she might've had a minor annoyance about him having like the schoolboy crush, but that's one thing. I mean, first of all, Fran was played by Molly Ringwald. I don't know if Molly Ringwald has it in her to be a mean character. <laughs> but her version of Franny was like the all-American girl. Yeah, yeah. Nice, you know, gives people a chance. Like, she was really sweet to Harold. Even though Harold was a little bit weird, she was never mean to him. She was never mean to him. Yeah, so. Yeah.
1: Even the story know. he told about the nails about her telling you know she didn't even remember that right telling him to put you know those rejection letters on the nail and that
0: said something about this she was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i remember so it's it was just one of those and i i was just like franny is supposed to be smarter than that because like how do you go from treating somebody like they're the bottom of your shoe like literally that's how she treats harold for the most part to all of a sudden you're chatty Kathy and inviting him over and giving him hugs and blah, blah. No, Harold's not stupid. That's that's the one thing that she does under it. I mean, if he hasn't shown you from the beginning how smart and intuitive he is, you know, he was the one that came up with the plan to leave quit and to go to the CDC. He was the one who literally saved her life he was the one who got her to boulder safely harold is not stupid by any stretch of the imagination but yet she's treating him like he is and i have a problem with that because it's like she's not supposed to be that dense and that's how she's coming across in this episode like just un I, I don't know. It just, it bugged me so much.
1: Well, all these characters in Boulder have made poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Seeing the spies was a poor decision. Having Larry break into his house, you know, was a poor decision.
0: Right, especially considering that Harold has surveillance cameras Surveillance cameras. In his house, and he's a lot more, in, uh, uh, of course, they don't know this, but this is a this is a guy who is planning murders, not just mm-hmm. a murder. He is planning murders.
1: And 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 my thing is, if you suspect this about him, do you think that it would be easy to figure it out? Like he's just gonna leave stuff lying around for you to find? Mm-mm. You know, and I don't know. I think I think I think what bothers me and maybe you also is that everyone seems to be underestimating Harold and like if you kick a person you know as much as as he's been kicked and he's still surviving like he's one of the last people left on earth Mm -hmm. he's gonna feel a little bit more power you know, especially after being beat down by that dude on right. the side of the road. Right. That he's he's not gonna be so easily taken down anymore. Right. But you're right though, friend. This this I don't know. At the meeting when they were talking about what they should tell the people about the crucified guy, that's when I realized that her character was not gonna be was was not gonna be written very well. When she was like, Oh, you know. Because what did Larry say? I mean, am I the only guy who saw that guy's eyes turn black? And she's like, who knows what we saw, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, really? <laughs> she's, she's in complete and utter denial. So yes, she would be stupid enough to tell Larry to break into Harold's house and try to figure out what's going on, even though they have no idea what they're looking for. It's different if you know what you're looking for, if you know what you're going to try to find, mm-hmm. but you have no idea. I just kind of think that he's doing something Mm -hmm. well maybe we can break in his house and get a clue that's not specific enough that isn't and as soon as let's skip ahead as soon as Larry broke into the house when he got to that locked door and he couldn't get in you know what I guess I'm not going to find what I need get out of there and let me also mention this is off the subject but I always have an issue when they put brothers in this situation. <laughs> you went to Larry because he's black. Why? Because what? He has experience with breaking into people's houses. Can we? Can we not? Can we not do that? You like? I do have an issue with subliminal stuff. I know I'm being overly sensitive to this, but that sends out a terrible subliminal message to everyone watching the show. I agree. That a, that you're going to go and you're going to recruit the black man to break into somebody's house. And then he don't even do it right. He's got the flashlight shining Bruh. out the windows Bruh. around the house. Dude, I, okay, make it any more obvious that you've never broken into anybody's house. But let me stop. I just want to say...
2: No, I you were right. I not
1: appreciate them having a black man break into some white boy's house. Right. Because then all of a sudden... You send out this subliminal message to us that that's that's what we do. He got on the hoodie he has I'm sorry I'm, I'm sitting here watching on the screen right now. He's breaking into the house. He's got a hood on too walking around with the flashlight. Come on guys, we got to do better
0: i thought I thought that too. I really did because I was like, okay, you could have gone to you could have gone to Glenn. you know Glenn is not Glenn is not a seventy year old man in this version. you no, he's, he's a not a man, you know. He, he, he could have done it. But anyway, so as you said, as Larry is clumsily going through Harold's house, he goes upstairs, he opens up a drawer, he finds a shirt that he remembers Nadine wearing. And this shirt is in Harold's drawer. And he gets a call on the radio from Fran saying, hey, he's on his way back, get out of there now. And like literally, Harold is running to the house because at this point, Harold has kind of figured out something is is going, you know, something's not right. So he's literally running into his house like he's expecting to catch someone there, okay? Mm-hmm. And as he's coming in the door, now, uh, or as Larry closes the drawer, he knocks over a book and it knocks over the chest pieces that are on Harold's dresser. So he tries to put the pieces back in the right place. But this is Harold we're talking about. Harold who is meticulous. Harold who is probably a little OCD. Harold who shined his shoes and combed his hair and made sure everything was in place before he went to go ask This girl who literally kicked him out of her house that, uh, yeah, hey, you want to ride cross country with me? You know, he's very meticulous about his things. You could even see that in the house that he's staying in. Everything is in place. Nothing was out of place. The door that he needed secure was locked. Something should have told you, don't snoop around here. But he knocks the stuff over. He gets out just in time harold comes into the room he looks around and he looks at the um he looks at the chessboard, and he notices one of his uh chess pieces is facing the wrong direction
1: <laughs> Pro- people who are
0: meticulous about that kind of stuff they notice stuff like that
1: okay props to larry for getting every piece back to exactly where it was Except the knight, yeah, the knight facing the wrong direction. But props to him for getting every piece because it could have been a mess. But he saw it. He he put everything back exactly where it was. I that give. he to has
0: that. to be a chess player because he probably was like, okay, this needs to go here. Blah 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 blah. I mean, literally that 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 can be the only thing because somebody like me who does not play chess, I would have just looked at that board and been like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Because but he did
1: but but at least he he also saw nadine's shirt which that's going to come back up
0: yeah it's going to give him a clue especially considering the conversation they had earlier we'll get to that too but then back to the dinner before harold leaves after he has this little meltdown about amy or whatever um he excuses himself from the table to go to the restroom and he goes upstairs um, where the restroom is supposed to be first of all you in a two-story house in a luxury subdivision because i saw what the houses looked like when nadine walked out looking for joe early in the episode you can't tell me there's not a powder room on the on, on the uh bottom floor why would you send him upstairs
1: there's almost always a powder room on the bottom floor so why would you you almost know always. oh
0: i need to use the restroom yeah up the stairs into your what
1: However, it's not, a, it's not unheard of houses not having powder rooms on the first floor. It's not unheard in a of. a
0: house that big? No, I'm sorry. Those are luxury homes. You and I live in Georgia. Homes like that?
1: Okay, well, continue, continue, continue with your story. And I, I have a bone to pick. He goes upstairs.
0: He goes upstairs, walks into their bedroom, sees a teddy bear, and they focus on the teddy bear. And I thought they were going to focus, I thought they were going to take the, te- he was going to take the teddy bear for something else, but no, he plants a camera in the teddy bear.
1: No, he didn't plan the camera. The camera was already there. It was a nanny cam.
0: So how did he get the, how did he get the, um,
1: all, all, all he had to do was open it up, open it up and get the, um and get the, the the code off of the Okay, see
0: I see nanny cams were way after my kids were in that Now, stand. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Bone bon to pick. Okay. One, it has a battery. And and I'm not going to he must be like a, a I don't want to say a high level hacker and it probably didn't take that much skill to do, but who knows how long the battery had been in that nanny cam? Cause I'm sure he's not walking around with batteries in his pocket
2: mm-hmm.
1: and active cameras batteries don't usually last, you know, more than six months at the at best. If it's always on, it's not going to last six months.
0: Well, they probably haven't been there six months yet. So what, but I, but guess- the camera was probably
1: there yeah. Yeah. Bef- before that. Yeah. Secondly, who puts a nanny cam in their bedroom?
0: Well, just may, well, maybe I, one I, of the maybe whoever was living in the house before. Maybe one of the maybe the spouse was suspecting another spouse of cheating, and that's why it's in there. You see it all the time.
1: Now so you're that. giving Rogers too much credit.
0: <laughs> no, no, no! You're not going to do that to me. You, are I
1: would, I would have know. been. I would have been more likely to believe him bringing cameras and planting them as opposed to him finding in any cam that he can you know, hijack and add to his Wi-Fi network. Because then you're like, okay, well then how far? Away? I just have a lot of questions right. because we've got some so Wi-Fi convenient. cameras around my house to sit there and be like, well, how? his house is far enough away to walk him to walk in just a few minutes but is the wi-fi that strong to pick up that nanny cam right because if not then the nanny cam is on the network he was able to hack that network and why is that network still up at the house and why is i just have a lot of questions we are in a post-apocalyptic world so, and
0: see, my scenario would have made more sense. Your scenario would have made more sense. And put the camera in the bed, but
1: but the camera was already there.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm just saying. I have, I, I don't know. I there, there's a lot of stuff they kind of like about this episode, and a lot of stuff to be like, what
0: the hell? What, would
1: they think? what were y'all thinking? <laughs> like, would, would, would we not ask questions watching this? i'm sorry go ahead no
0: you're 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 right you're right but
1: um, a nanny cam in the bedroom who does that
0: i'm telling you somebody was cheating before before they got you know off by the super flu somebody was cheating they was trying to catch somebody bringing somebody to the bedroom that's what it was Cause other than that, you're right. I don't see why they would have that in there unless it was one of those things where they have the nanny camera, they keep it in the room, and then when they, you know, when they go out or when they have the babysitter, they they put the they put the bear there before the babysitter gets there. But that seems like too much work.
1: That's too much work.
0: So <laughs> so
1: You're doing a lot of mental heavy lifting for this show. <laughs> it seems. So we've
0: been doing that since the first episode.
1: Yes. It's a lot of work. This show's a lot of work.
0: It is. Okay. So let's talk about Nadine. So Nadine, at the beginning of the episode, when we first see her, she's having a dream. It's like nighttime. She's sleeping. Joe's sleeping. She's having a dream. And this dream, and I won't even call it a flashback, but it's actually the only flashback we get in this episode, which is great. Because we're not doing a whole bunch of whiplash mess going back and forth, back and forth. But she's having a dream, and it's basically her and Larry kind of making out or kissing. So I'm I'm guessing they almost hooked up at some point on the road. And then um
1: knowing what I know about Larry, that might be true. <laughs> oh <well>, yeah, tried.
0: <laughs> that might be true. And then, you know, if you think about it, when they first got to Boulder and they went to the house. He asked her, he said, is, is this what you want? He said, I can crash down on the couch. It wouldn't It wouldn't have to mean anything. So obviously at some point something may have happened and then it kind of fizzed off probably because of her, you know, he to save herself herself. Yeah. To, for flag. But while she's having this dream, Flagg comes to her in, in, in her dream and he says, oh, the old mother's uh, magic is wearing off because I can come to you now. You know, and I can see things now. So he comes to her in the dream and they have a conversation because she, he says something about, oh, you were dreaming about your little toy, you know, talking about Larry. And she makes a comment about, I don't understand why, why do you care? You gave me to Harold. And he was like, hold up, I ain't give you to nobody. <laughs> you know, he makes that very clear. But then he also confirms something we discussed in the last episode. He basically tells her, you belong to me. You have, since I found you, 12 years old. 12 years
1: old. I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, oh, Lord, here Here we go.
0: (laughs) Wasn't I your friend? Wasn't I there for you? Did we not have this conversation when we talked about this the last show that we did about him coming to her as a child as opposed to in the books when she's a little bit older?
1: it's just
0: and then for it to be to be confirmed right here
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I was just like
1: and and I was thinking about it and even if we instead of assuming the worst we can just at best he was just grooming her but even grooming her at 12 is kind of disgusting it is it's terrible
0: Considering you're grooming her to be your bride when she comes of age yeah. that's like
1: terrible that's that again i was gonna that, give
0: a real life example but i don't want to do no. that but yeah but, but that,
1: but that is but that is even a, a, even being a change for her being in college it's like why we know that he's, I, we don't, I'm not going to rehash what we talked about before, mm-hmm. but we know that he's a terrible, evil person. We know that he's evil. You don't have to make her 12 to reiterate the point. Right. We know that he has sway and influence over people. So coming to her in college would have been just as effective
0: Made more- and
1: less creepy
2: mm-hmm. than
1: coming to her at 12. Mm hmm. It would have made more sense. She's saving herself for the perfect person, right? And he comes to her in college, and he is this perfect person. And it would also go along with her already being sort of—I don't want to use the word bad, but you could have at least—he could have been like, "Well, she was going to be on his side anyway." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Because I'm trying to remember. I think the way it was in the books. I think when she was younger and she was in positions where she might've had sex, like as a teenager or whatever, I don't think it was necessarily him that came to her, but I think she said something about, she always had a feeling that this was not what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to be saving herself for something. Again, I haven't read the book in like years, so I don't remember, but I don't remember it being.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't him because he didn't come to her until she was in college. Okay.
0: So but anyway so this kind of leads to a conversation she has later on so she's she's looking for Joe she's trying to give him some lunch and he's not in the house so she goes to look for him, and she finds him at mother Abigail's house, and he's sitting there and he's playing the piano. And, you know, she fusses at him for for leaving without telling her. She's like, even to Mother Abigail, you can't come here. And Mother Abigail is like, oh, you know, we were, you know, I'm sorry. We were just having a conversation. She's like, he talked to you? And she was like, well, there's talking and there's talking. So this is one thing I do want to say as far as Joe's character, you know, I know we've mentioned before the fact that he's nonverbal right now. And we've made, uh, we've made assumptions that he is. Um, autistic i don't think he's actually autistic just going by the things that mother abigail says i think he's just traumatized and his nonverbalness is a a symptom of ptsd you know she says something about um you know because nadine says is there anything that i shouldn't you know did he say anything i should know like what his real name is and mother abigail says no we didn't get that far she said but you know there's some you know there's are some things a child should not see you know he's been through some things a child should not have to go through and that just, or he,
1: he's seen some things that no child should, should ever, yeah be to.
0: yeah so that makes me think that he is you know that he's just traumatized but obviously we have some clues about him we know he's good at at spotting people who are not necessarily good because he has this thing about Harold, you know, and that could have something to do with whatever it was that he witnessed while he was out on his own before Nadine found him. We know that he's musically inclined because he picked up a guitar and played something back to Larry perfectly. When Nadine finds him at Mother Abigail's, he's playing the piano and he's playing like he's played before. So that gives us a little bit more of a clue to his character. But, you know, Nadine and, and Mother Abigail have a conversation and the conversation is about choice. And Mother Abigail, I think she kind of lets Nadine know that she knows about Flag without letting her know that mm-hmm. she, knows. she basically says, you know, we all have a choice until we don't. You know, she was like, everybody has a choice to do what they want to do, to be who they want to be.
1: Yeah, because uh, Mother Abigail would know if whether or not she had been in their dreams. Right, and exactly, that exactly. she has not.
0: Right. So, and that—that's Mother <clears> Abigail. <throat> I think instead of her calling her out on that, Mother Abigail is taking that to mean that she chose to be there, and and they got on that conversation because Mother Abigail comments about how she cares about Joe and how she takes care of him. And she's like, well, I really didn't have a choice, did I? And she was like, everybody always has a choice. She said, you made a choice to take care of him. You made a choice to stick with him and you guys take care of each other. And it's a beautiful thing. And you know, she's basically, I think at this point, trying to give Nadine some hope that, look, your life doesn't have to go down this path that you are on. You can make a choice to change. And because of that, Nadine finds herself right after Larry gets the call from Fran to go to Harold's house. As he's walking out the door, and Nadine is, you know, coming to his doorstep, and she's basically throwing herself at him, like she wants him to have sex with her. And he's a little confused because he was like, "You didn't want this before. Like, what's what happened? What's going on?" And she's like, "You know, she." very plainly explicitly i need you to fuck me and he was like this is not how you usually talk this is not you what's going on and you know he makes it a point to say i don't want to do this and you have regrets in the morning i don't want you know i don't want this to be i don't want to take advantage of you what's going on tell me And he gen you can tell he genuinely cares for her but she's doing this out of desperation like she feels like if she has sex with larry that's gonna break whatever whole randall flag has on her and this is the first time that we see that she seems scared mm-hmm. you know or or is trying to change her fate and she basically says to him she was like this is the only way this is the only way he'll let me go and larry again is confused he's like who and then, of course, at the end of the episode, when he's in Harold's house, he sees Nadine's shirt. He's going to automatically, he's going to think it's Harold.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, that's about to that's about to become an issue because he's going to think mm-hmm. that Harold is forcing Nadine to stay with him or something. Or do that something. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably what's going to be kind of the match that that starts, you know, Harold's plan in Boulder.
1: Okay, so I, I just wanted to say a couple of things about Larry real quick. So Larry, I, I, I want to give Larry a little bit of credit. I know he was really trying not to do anything because he had something else he needed to do because this was when he was on his way out to go break into mm-hmm. Harold. Harold's house. Because I would like to think that if he didn't have that task before him, that he would have told her, you know what, I'm not going to do that with you right now. But if you come in, we can sit down and we can talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I think that's what she really needed at that moment. I mean, I know what she thought she wanted, but I think knowing Larry and knowing how he normally would be, he normally probably would have said, you know what, come in here. Let's talk about this. And maybe one thing would have led to another. Who knows? But I, at least I would like to think that he would have, he would have at least try to talk to her and, and figure out what's going on with her because obviously something is terribly wrong and, and then
0: she also she, said she, to him you are the, the the are the only person in the world i trust i trust so yeah, yeah. yeah. so but
1: the, then he started out the conversation with well is this not something like wait till tomorrow because i got something else i need to do you know that that is not gonna that's not gonna help the situation at all right but he tried to recover to say you know this is not true you. you know this this what is going on and he did ask her that but i really think he would have asked her to come in and sit down and talk Mm -hmm. talk about it because she she seemed like that there was something really going on
0: and he seems to really care about her
1: yeah he does and to be honest with you it almost seems sort of out of character for him because um, it's almost as if i think he would have rather have talked to her than go break into harold's house oh
0: yeah definitely i think i I really do think i
1: think that's sort of that sort of those that and him breaking into the house are the two things that kind of put me off on this episode it's like him not actually really talking to her this person that he spent time with on the road that just said she trusts him. That is basically saying she needs to get away from somebody, and he doesn't take the time out to find out who it is. So he go breaking someone's house. That just that that kind of bothered me. Right. And you know, it, there are a lot of things to like about this episode, but there are more things to dislike. Mm-hmm. And and I I hate to say, you know, <laughs> the person who lives with me. Not really, <laughs> related to me Michelle about marriage.
0: <laughs> what did Michelle say? <laughs>
1: like, y- why are we watching it? You don't like this show because she listens to us in the background. She's like, you don't like the show, so why are we wasting our time? That's not the point. <laughs> I-
0: I- Tell I- Michelle this- she the- knows Michelle- how this works. She has been to enough Atlanta Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> meetings. She has had enough in deep in conversations enough
1: Dragon Con people. panels. She all knows. that stuff. she
0: has been to she my channel she knows she
1: knows <laughs> but I try to tell her. We, we still we're going to watch it because on some level it is entertainment. There is some value there as entertainment. It can be bad entertainment, but it's <laughs> entertainment nonetheless. I'm a fan of the stand. I can sit there and say, there are some things that I don't like about it. And if you really pay attention, like our listeners are doing, hopefully, they can hear us point out things that we like. We do that. But we also point out things that are bad. And there's a lot of bad about this and there is good. But the good is enough to keep me watching it. You know, a lot of the people we talked about this earlier, a lot of the characters, they're good enough to keep us watching it. But the Larry thing, I'm like hot and cold with this. Like one hand, he's like the best character y'all got on the show. And then on the other hand, y'all do some stupid mess like this that just completely turns me off.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and I I like I'm gonna repeat this because I want everyone to hear this. I really think that the character that we have known up until this episode would have had her come in and talk to her and find out what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Because that—that that is the kind of person he was. Because he wouldn't have let really kill herself if he was awake.
2: No, you know what he mean? would not.
1: He was, wrong. He, he was wrong for leaving her, but that was about self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But if he saw her as desperate as she was, maybe he didn't really notice it. But if he had known that it's what she was going to do, he would have talked to her and be like, no, 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 we're in this together. Yeah. We're going to figure this out because
2: he would have he's hit a, drugs.
1: yeah he's the same person who took his mother out of the hospital put her in his bed and sat there with her as she died right you know the same person that went outside to the guy that wanted to kill him and tried to help him find comfort right you know that's who that is who larry is mm. larry is not the guy that's going to blow off a friend of his who's in desperation mode, so he can go break into somebody's house. No. No.
0: Especially not after going through what he went through with Rita. Yeah. Waking up to find out she had killed herself. I mean, you could see Nadine was desperate at this point. You know, the fact that she was trying to get you to do the one thing that she was like, that she had told you before, she couldn't do. Nobody makes that kind of turnaround unless they're scared or unless they're being pressured. And she looked like, like when she walked into his house, she looked like something the cat had drug in. She was, she was, her hair was stringy. She was shaking. She was, she just looked horrible. She looked like somebody with the weight of the world on her shoulders. And it was basically that she was like, I have a choice. I can change my fate. If I do this one thing, I can be free.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like now, and I mean, did you, okay. And I will say this again, don't, don't particularly care for her. but Amber, Amber Heard. Right. But in this, and, and don't usually care for her acting. But in this episode, especially that scene, I felt for her. Like when she turned around and walked out of Larry's house and she was like, I'll be fine. I mean, just monotone voice. She was walking like a zombie. Like she had no... It was it was heartbreaking to watch her walk out that door knowing what that... What fate that was going to resign her to.
1: Yeah, that that was a really, really good piece of acting that she did in that scene. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was the first time that she sort of summoned that Laura Como, um, who was such a great Nadine in the original.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it was like, this was the first time I actually saw saw the character of Nadine like yeah. in all her glory. You know, that pain that she has and that that desperation that she has i find it's like i finally saw what i was looking for in that character and 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 see i I give her props for that that was really good
0: yeah she she was good in that
1: yeah no you like but it's amber heard though
0: (laughs) so let's get to the one character we haven't really talked much about this episode and that's mother abigail so we did mention her a little bit earlier because she has found out that they sent spies and she is like ooh she was like did you feel hot, it hot, cut hot, your hot. bones did you feel it cut <laughs> your bones when she was fussing at Nick like that poor baby he was just sitting there like with his head hung like he knew couldn't do
1: nothing he Mm-hmm.
0: And there's nothing, I mean, literally, there's nothing he can say. There's nothing he can do.
1: When when the old folks talking about having your ears boxed, he was having them boxed. I was like, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. She was boxing his ears. It Thanks. was
0: just, you know, so she was upset. And so then later on in the episode, we see her praying to God and she's like, you know, whatever I've done to offend you, please give me, you know, please give me the means to atone for it. Tell me what you would have me do. You know, because she's taking this as her responsibility, as her responsibility. Like they're supposed to be following her and doing what he is commanding. And they've done something behind her back. They've done something against her wishes. So now she feels like she has to be the one to repent for it. And as she's doing this praying, the wolf comes to her. Now I would say that that wolf kind of scared me a little bit. He was just sitting there, he was just growling and she's just like... (sighs) And then the next thing we know, Ray goes to her house and there's a note on the door and she's basically telling them that she's left, don't come looking for her. And it's just kind of like, where did Mother A go? And Ray, poor thing, she's just like screaming in the streets for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's calling on the radio, hey, do you have eyes on Mother Abigail? hey, send Ray up to her house to look for. She was like, damn it, I am Ray. I am Ray. (laughs) You know, and of course Stuart and um, Franny hear this while they're making out in their bedroom and Harold is creepily watching on the nanny cam and, you know, he hears that Mother Abigail is missing and then he has this really creepy smile on his face and then it cuts to black but that smile at the end, he looked hella creepy, like this dude here he he does i did not really care for him too much at the beginning because i felt like Harold was supposed to be a more nuanced character he was supposed Mm -hmm. to be kind of awkward from the beginning and then kind of gradually going into that psychopath phase and this guy has been giving me psycho vibes From the beginning.
2: From the beginning.
0: But now, at this point in the story, it works. Like, this is where Harold is supposed to be right now, especially you just found out that, you know, the girl that you love, she basically set you up so that somebody can spy in your house. And it's just getting to the point now where he's like, okay, you know what? I'm about to kill this bitch. And this is what these are the vibes that I'm getting from him now. And it's appropriate now. So I'm feeling Harold louder as a character now this is where we're supposed to be with him yeah so
1: you know like you said
0: there were some good things about the episode there were some not good things again the and the best wax, the decimation of dana and Franz characters in this episode it's just that that's just oh that's just gonna that's gonna be one of the big things that bothers me about this series because those two characters in these two settings should have been so much more than they were Dana especially Fran I can I can get especially if Fran is not I, I can put her behavior down as to the whole she's not used to being fake type thing or she's not used to being you know she's not used to subterfuge or you know trying to do that kind of thing so i can i can kind of sort of see it i still don't like the way it came off but i can kind of sort of see it dana just character assassination is just <laughs> yeah just
1: well yeah but i mean well we don't have to worry about her character anymore so she's she's gone <laughs> you know we don't have to worry about that
0: at least she died in a nice outfit
1: she did she was looking fly she was looking fly um but i do want to talk about one of the great things about this episode is there was no time jumps none there were no time jumps.
0: none absolutely none
1: no time jumps so that that that
0: whiplash
1: yeah no no time jumps no hour ago no time jumps right um but but i will say you know again speaking with the person who lives with me i'm related to by marriage (laughs) she told me you know we had a discussion about the time jumps and and she's like because we're watching american gods plug for upcoming show we're going to be talking about american gods so american gods they also do flashbacks and i was trying to say that the flashbacks in american gods are more like character filler They give you insight into the characters. And she's like, no, but it does the same thing. It tells you how the characters ended up where they are now. I'm like, well, sort of, but not really. Like, we don't really know. They're not telling us where the characters, how the characters, they're not telling a separate story of how the characters all ended up in one place. Mm -hmm. They're giving us information about the characters. It's
0: like they're giving us a history lesson.
1: Yeah, like how they came to be. Not mm-hmm. how they ended up hooking up with Wednesday.
0: And even when they do give us flashbacks, like if you think about last season, season two, we did get some flashbacks from like when uh, Shadow Moon was younger and mm-hmm. with his mother. But the way that they do their flashbacks makes sense within mm-hmm. the
1: confines of the, the story. Right.
0: There's a flow to it. It's not like it it, it's not something that's so jarring that you have to sit there and look like, what the hell just happened? You know? Yeah.
1: And and I was also saying that they weren't telling a separate story. Like the 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 reason why the flashbacks in to me and the stand are so jarring is that they are following a different plot than the plot of what we're supposed to be watching currently like it's two separate stories being told about two separate times Mm -hmm. and and because your present story is structured the same way as the flashback stories like we're seeing different characters at different points in time on this journey to get to boulder we're seeing the same characters in the present point in time in boulder it's it's the same story but in two different times
0: and sometimes in three because you'll and sometimes
1: in three because you'll get a flashback, flashback
0: right exactly right
1: and and i say it was more like lost if if everyone can can bear with me for a second if you go back to lost <laughs> lost sort of did the same thing with their flashbacks it was sort of a blend of the two. They were giving information about the characters, but they were also showing you how the characters ended up. There were times they were showing you how the characters ended up on the island. Mm -hmm. And they were showing you how characters met each other before they got to the island. That was more like what we get in the stand, but they did it so much more effectively in Lost because they were also giving you details and information about the characters. And a lot of times the stuff that was in the past was relevant, was important to the story they were telling in the episode. I wasn't getting that, really, in the stand. Right. It just seems like they filmed the season, episodes one through eight, and then they chopped it up. <laughs> and
0: That is what it felt like.
1: That's what it feels like, because now we're at the midpoint, episode five, where we don't get any because at this point, everyone is there you know we had assumed that they would show us how vegas came to be because i thought maybe they would just start with vegas Mm -hmm. which they did and that the next two or three episodes will be about vegas with flashbacks on how all these people ended up there i mean they still may go there but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case it doesn't
0: and i and honestly with the way that they introduced New Vegas in this episode, I don't think we need it. Because no. we pretty much can tell that most of these people who are there, they are there because I mean, he even said it in his speech. He said, you know, the 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 people of the old world, they they tried to tell you that sex was bad, that um that violence was bad. And he was like, and it's not, and those are the people that are there with him, the people who revel in this. I mean, when Dana was brought out to the floor to, you know, with uh Lloyd and Julie to see everything. I mean, there's a full-fledged orgy going on <laughs> everywhere in the hotel. Everywhere. Like you see them going going down the elevator and in the next elevator next to them, there's a couple having sex in a glass elevator going up and it's just kind of like it's all it, over the place. It's
1: like literally people when you say people are just having sex in the streets, no, they are literally having sex in the right, street. I mean, right. they are like everywhere. It
0: it it, it was like it, it reminded me of either like eyes wide shut or like the um, orgy scene in The Witcher. It was just right. like everywhere,
1: <laughs> everywhere,
0: just yeah. everywhere, and just random people like well, I'm oh, walking. Work. I'm bored with you. Let me go to this person next here. And it, it was just. Random walking through and,
1: walking through one of the little finger's brothels.
0: <laughs> exactly. Everywhere. And then on top of the orgies and everything taking place, like right there in the middle at the bottom, you've got a fighting pit. And instead of just fighting to the deaths, they're literally hacking each other to death. So you've got legs over here and arms over here and torsos over here. And it's just like, and then you've got people. Even having sex in the midst of that, I think, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the same on the same floor. So it's just like we already know what kind of people he's attracting. And obviously, if they're not in Boulder, then that's where they are. I don't really think we need a backstory at this point. No. At this we point, we
1: already have Lloyd's backstory. He seems to be the most important person there. And we sort of got an idea about Julie.
0: Right. Now we know. may get some of her backstory, but at the I same doubt time. It. I don't think that's important. Like, I want to see what they're doing now because now you've got Dana dead. You've got Tom there who may be figuring out that it might be time for him to leave. Who knows? The judge is not there yet, but they know she's on her way. So if, if we're going by the canon and the old story, she's not going to make it. She's not even going to make it to Vegas. So you've got Mother Abigail who has disappeared. So now of course she told them not to find her. So what are they going to do? They're going to go look for her. They're going to go
2: look for her. Yeah. They're
0: going to go look for her. And then we still have the, you know, the main characters. They have to journey to Boulder. We have to have, I mean, we have to have these different little things happen. And we've only got what, uh, four episodes. Four
1: episodes left. Yeah. So have- there's there's a lot of ground to cover for the next a four episodes. Lot of
0: ground. So
1: I'm afraid. I'm afraid not only of what's going to get cut, but what's going to get changed, and the way in which it's going to be changed, is 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 my fear. And and just a little insight. I know we don't talk about other reviewers, but I know there were a lot of people. A lot of reviewers got this got these episodes early. Most of them that I've seen have said that this is where every this episode episode five is where everything kind of went off the rails (laughs) so Uh, so we'll 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 see coming up but that that has been that's been that's been the consensus for the most part
0: we it out now so
1: we gotta finish it out but for the most part the consensus is this is where everything went off the rails and i try not to watch reviews because i want mine to be pretty untainted right but like you said between dana and franny and and really just dana that that whole thing just her whole arc just seems completely and utterly ridiculous
0: they just, just like really fucked her story
1: up yeah and then larry and nadine that whole thing is just so strange and weird it's just i i really really hopefully
2: yeah i
1: want to say things get better but i'm not i'm not i'm not counting on it I wonder what the numbers are for them. I wonder how many people started watching it and have just abandoned it. I wonder. I wonder what the numbers are like, and I know, I know Amazon is people, never gonna, never gonna release that information.
0: Yeah, I know all. a few people who who, uh, when I have posted, like checked in on Facebook that I was watching it. I've had a few people be like, "Yeah, we started it." copped out after episode one like one person he was like yeah my mom started watching it she didn't even get through the whole first episode she hated it she hated absolutely everything about it she she refused to watch the rest of it and then I do know a few people who are still watching it but they don't like it like there was a actual thread I think a couple of times I've tweeted about something and literally everybody up under the tweet have been like yeah you're right I don't like this either and yeah I have not I've not really seen Anybody who has watched this and said that they loved it, not if they were fans of the original source material. I have not seen, I literally, and I'm not exaggerating that I've not seen anybody yet. You know, you, you I and follow, I follow that I'm friends with, say, I know. yeah, I love it. Mm-mm. No.
1: You you know, you and I for years have talked about. If you, if you, once you start a show, you got to give it about four or five episodes <laughs> before you can pass judgment. It's been five episodes. <laughs> I'm passing judgment. It's kind of bad. It, it really is. It's just I mean,
0: not what I was expecting. But, and I was really hopeful for this one because, you know, we live in a time now where almost everything in Hollywood is a remake or a reboot like there seem to be no original ideas coming out of Hollywood now for the most part a lot of things have been rebooted a lot of Stephen King things especially in the last few years I mean they've redone it they've redone Pet Cemetery. um you know other things have come out and it's kind of like I like the originals and I understand the reason for remakes. I mean, this day and age, we are not the only ones to do remakes. I mean, they've been doing remakes almost since the history of Hollywood, you know. Um, Sometimes the remakes work, you know. Sometimes they don't. This one, I was really, really looking forward to it just because I wanted to see what they would be able to do with the story with new technology, with new graphics, CGI, whatever. Because like you said, there were some things about the 94, like the whole hand of God thing, that thing was, that was horrible. (laughs) I was really looking forward to like, okay, I want to see how they're going to improve on this. And there are some things that I really, really do like about this show. Like I said, as far as casting, Alexander Skarsgård, perfect as Randall Flagg, Kat McNamara. Perfect as Julie Lowry, you know. Um, i
1: playing Larry Undo it. He's, yeah,
0: he's great. Um, James Marsden is growing on me as Stu, but I don't feel like we see Stu enough Mm-mm. in this version for me to be like oh yeah i absolutely hate him i absolutely love him like he's kind of a
1: he's too plain he's he's hes a
0: neutral everyday. character yeah like. instead yeah. of being like a main character he feels mm-hmm. like a neutral character in you,
1: you, you're not giving us you i feel more for larry we get a lot of larry mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of Stu.
0: and the we other don't thing get is, any of
1: glenn we don't get any we haven't
0: really glenn. gotten any glenn and we're not getting near as enough and near enough
1: Nick
0: no Nick was like a main character in the original and Rob Lowe was great as Nick and he's one of my favorite he was even he was one of my favorite characters in the book as well we're not getting enough of him and I feel like at this point with only four episodes left those are some of the characters that we really should be seeing more of now I will say this we do know that Stu has a big part in towards the end of the um, towards the end of the show, so we may see more of Stu's character if they hold true to the source material. But at this point, I can't really make much of a judgment because he's been very neutral in this.
1: Yeah, and it's it's almost as if, for me, the only thing keeping the train going are the actors. You know working with what they got mm-hmm. and they they seem to be through their acting performances just carrying us through I, yeah and and that that seems to be the case and, and maybe amber heard has kind of helped us out a little bit with this last episode yeah. <laughs> with her her with with her characterization of nadine
0: because again they really screwed it up with dana I mean and like I said I like the actress that was playing her but it was just this episode felt so unlike that character like I would I'm sorry I would have picked her out first day
1: (laughs) she's the only person walking around asking about Randall Flagg
0: oh something about you ain't right and like like Lloyd said um Captain Trips happened long time ago where have you been until then. I was
1: thinking she could have just been honest. Well, I was, you know, trudging along and I got kidnapped by some crazy pervert who raped me every night. And I finally was able to kill his ass. And this is where I ended up. I mean,
0: that would have made that, a, for a better story because they'd be
1: like, wow. That's right.
0: That would for, have made them feel like you belong there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I, oh how did you kill him i bashed his brains in <laughs> right his brain. until there was nothing left of his head oh yeah come on let's go party that would have right. made so much more sense
1: and and julie would have like oh this is my girl <laughs> you know because she's all about think, that Yeah,
0: julie was feeling her anyway julie i think yeah. julie was into dana more than she was into Boyd, <laughs> but
1: yes, you know but uh, i i i thought that was a wasted opportunity right there just have her till this this Embellish her truth a little bit. That's how she, you know. This, I, I, after all that shit, I ended if up If you gotta
0: and, change some stuff, you know, you <laughs> if you
1: that- if you gonna change something, do that. You know, lean into it. Right. As as the folk like to say on the internet, you gotta mm-hmm. lean in, lean into that decision you made. Follow through. Right.
2: <sighs> so we'll
1: we'll see how this we we only got another month and it'll be all over (laughs) we'll move on to bigger better things we'll start talking about American gods and we'll put this all behind us
0: (laughs) yeah but I you know halfway through I I have to say I'm probably more disappointed than I am pleased with what they've done so far so I don't know let's just let's just say okay we we've hit that four episode five episode hump and from here on out they're gonna blow our minds out the water I mean I don't know if I should go that route because then I'll be more disappointed if it doesn't come out that way especially given what you've said the critics are saying but I kind of there's a part of me that really wants to have hope that this is going to be better Anthony is shaking his head like nope
1: what, what kills my what, what, what kills it for me and this is going to sound like out of left field is where the hell did Mother Abigail go like what what, what, what are you we got four episodes left and, and I,
0: I, now I remember in the original story she left because as she said she had to go make her penance to God i know and she was gone for some weeks and then she came back and she told she told the boulder five what god said they had to do and then after that i believe she died so we probably will only see Whoopi in maybe one more episode but i mean we didn't we didn't even get enough of mother abigail in in
1: no and and i think that's that's what i'm going like you i i don't know I I guess
0: you took the main characters of the show and you and you relegated them to secondhand neutral or just kind of almost throwaway characters because again we haven't really seen much of Nick and Nick Nick was a huge, huge, huge part of the book and of the original.
1: Because at this point it's really a show about Nadine Harold. And Franny mm-hmm. and, and Larry. That is your core. That's it. Right. Everybody else, they're they they're not even co-stars. They're just background characters. And we're at episode five. <laughs> your show is really, if you really want to be mean and cruel, it's just really the Harold and Franny show. Everything revolves around Harold and Franny. Yeah. With the side story that's happening in Vegas, that's it. That's all you've given us.
0: That is all you've given us. One thing that this show is making me want to do now, I really do want to go back and reread the book and rewatch the original series.
1: The original series, I think you told me it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. On YouTube.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. I think at, the, at this point, once I'm done with this, I'm going to go back and revisit those because, you know, the, the original miniseries, it had its faults, but I feel like it was a truer adaptation than most of his stuff is, you know? And I remember a lot of the book being put on that screen for those, what was it, six and a half hours? Mm -hmm. seven hours maybe Mm,
2: maybe, so
0: i do eventually want to go back and watch that especially if this one doesn't turn out to be what i want it to be i'm gonna need something to cleanse my palate (laughs) and put me back into and put me back into the mindset of this being one of my favorite all-time stories ever I just don't think this that this miniseries
1: is doing it for me. I think they just should stop doing Stephen King adaptations. I think they should just stop. There, there were some good ones like The Shining, but that was Stanley Kubrick. He wasn't going to mess it up. He
0: hates that.
1: But he wasn't going to mess it up though, you know? Oh, you mean Stephen King? Yeah, Stephen King Stephen didn't King like hates it. it. No, well, that that's a battle of egos. No one's ego is larger was larger than Stephen King's than Stanley Kubrick's. And you're not going to tell Stanley Kubrick what he's going to do in his movie. That's number one. And Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining is better than Stephen King's version of The Shining. Because when he was able to do The Shining and be involved in it, it wasn't nearly as good as the original. Yeah,
2: I didn't see it. And that's
1: because of Stanley Kubrick. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a difference between I'm I'm speaking like I'm an expert in authority on this. But taking a book and putting it on the screen, I'm sure it's not an easy thing to do. But you're going to have to have someone pretty good to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. And to do it right.
1: To do it right. it's like There's some things that's just not going to work that's in the book. It's not going to work on screen. But there's some things I can do on screen that's kind of going to work. You know what I mean? Um, The Firm by John Grisham is an excellent book. The movie has a different ending than the book. And guess what? It's almost better than the book. The movie is really, really good. I mean, we can go on and on. Maybe we should do an episode about our favorite book to film adaptations at some point. But like, it's not the easy thing to do. And the reason why I had high hopes for the stand is nine episodes. You know, you nine hours.
2: Do,
1: you to, got a, you got a lot of time to do it right. You know, to there's a lot of characters, a lot of story. You got nine episodes. Uh-huh. You know, you can do it. No commercials. Well, right. it does have commercials, but you you got a solid hour. No, nine it doesn't. Hours. Well, well, yeah. Amazon throws commercials in. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah, see, I watched mine on on CBS Access, but yeah, um. Yeah. And I mean, even if you were going to do this, why stop at nine? Just make it a one season mm-hmm. show. Give it a full 10 episodes. You could have thrown a little bit more with an extra 60 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And you wouldn't have had to relegate these characters to basically just being side characters, especially right. Stu. You know, you started out strong and then just kind of abandoned them for. From- for the remaining episodes
0: but like i said he his character picks up his involvement towards the end of the story so
1: yeah but, but i'm
0: hoping we, that'll people, pick up in the show as well
1: yeah but people who are stew fans after that first episode with bell they'll just like well damn he's not in it so why ever go past episode four or episode three when he's hardly even in it yeah you know what i mean and and i don't like carol so people who think Harold is a creep, why would they keep watching? They're like, oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. But he's on the screen 50% of the time. I'm done with this. And they stop watching it. Yeah. That, that, that's what happens. You know, Franny, oh, my God, she treats Harold like crap. Why are we seeing them all the time? They're not a couple. Cut it off. I'm done with it. Oh, Larry, that's a nice guy. Wait, no Larry this episode? I'm done. You know what I mean? There's a there's a lot of places where people could just jump ship because you you're not giving us, and I know it's a lot of characters, and I understand what you're saying. You're gonna give us more stew later, but you 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 it's almost like the pacing is such that you don't get enough of anything. It's like you gave me a plate with a whole bunch of food that I like. I like a thousand foods. So I'm going to get like a little tiny droplet of each piece. Mm-hmm. That's not satisfying. You can fill me up and I'll be bursting. But I, I, there wasn't anything. Else. The things that I truly enjoy, I didn't get enough of right it's like thanksgiving you ever go to thanksgiving and your eyes are so big and you see all the food and you're like okay i'm just gonna get a spoonful of greens a spoonful of potato salad a little spoonful of potato souffle a little piece of turkey a little piece of ham a little piece of fried cheese you fill your plate up with all this food mm-hmm. and you don't enjoy any of it yeah that's how i feel the stand is thanksgiving dinner <laughs> at grandma's house where she cooked everything,
2: yeah,
1: and not enough all at the same time. Mm. <sighs> you want to you enjoy it, you want to enjoy the things about it that you like, but there just isn't enough there, right? There just isn't.
0: Well, we have four more episodes. <laughs> And at this point, it's too late for us to pull it. Like, we got got to see it through now. Got to see it through. So good or bad, we're here for the ride. So um, I think at this point, we've said all we needed to say. And uh, we'll just pick this up next week for the next episode. So for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com.